you again for stopping by your favorite MLS podcast with full of MLS action, news, and a little bit of an alcoholic twist. Now, put a little lime on the rim. That's right, guys. It is a brand new episode of Post in Pints. And once again, thank you for stopping by. As always, my name is Matt. Joining me is the best team in sports since the 2017 Houston Astros. But don't worry. We're not banging any trash cans to win any championships. Rest in peace. Not yet. We have Dre. We have Kyle. We have Alex. You guys. Guys, episode 40. And if you listen to last week's episode, this episode's got a little bit of a twist to it. And by I don't know. Twist, I'm still not I mean confident. Twist, I mean a twist of your... Your your glass bottled forty ounce malt beverage. That's right. I'm not a bitch. Episode. I bought plastic for those two extra ounces. Dude, for I haven't episode... had a forty ounce since. God, I was pouring. You, you have that plastic, but this will work a lot better in a fight than plastic. Well, <laughs> like I said, like that's the difference. I don't need the glass bottle around... to kick your ass. So we're going to go around the room and we're going to describe which 40 ounce we're drinking. Hey, odd man out, Kyle, your bottle's not glass. No, it's not because I got that steel reserve, maybe plastic, but it's got two extra ounces. And to be completely honest, it tastes the same. To be completely honest, it tastes the same as every other 40 out there. It's not like you're really buying a taste and a difference in taste when you're buying these. If you Uh, can tell the difference in taste between two different 40 ounces, you're not. You shouldn't be drinking forty ounces because that's. You're not from a part. You're from a part of the country where I clearly don't want to be in. If you can actually tell the difference, oh, Alejandro, you, Alejandro, you are one who hmm. I've never seen drink beer a day in my life. So, well, which one are you? Drinking? I didn't think you'd do it. <laughs> Theoretically, it's not beer. It's malt liquor. But oh, I'm drinking fucking classic Colt Forty Five. And I got two two zigzags chilling, waiting for me after this podcast. And Dre, it seems you have the same. <laughs> yes, so I don't partake in the two zigzags part, but I Bitch. do like the song. I got myself a Colt 45 and two zigzags. Baby, that's all we need. <laughs> I as well am in here. It's funny that Colt. I can sing that entire song and I don't smoke. It's, it's a classic, funny. man. It's a classic. You don't need to smoke to know that song. And as two-thirds of you, I as well have a Colt 45, but there's a reason behind it. Growing up, I was an Old English fan. I always liked Old English. And when I went to the liquor (laughs) store and I realized that Old English doesn't come in a glass bottle, and I'm thinking to myself, well, that's just not American. Excuse me. When I drink my 40 ounces, I need them to be glass. Sorry. I'm a specific. It was never American, dude. It's Old English. There's, There's nothing American about that. So what? What's the difference between ha- that? Let him have this one, Kyle. What's, let him have okay, what's, what's the difference between that and Paul Scholes? They're both old, they're both English, and they both I don't remember the punchline, but your mother's a whore? No, that's the wrong joke. Sorry. <laughs> well, damn! Guys, we that have... That escalated quickly. Guys, we're going to try our best to get through these 40 ounces by the end of this episode. So Not by the be time good. we get to some, by the time we get to some fan questions, there are going to be some slurring. But before we get to the slurring and before we get to the fan questions, we have some games to talk about. But guys, first of all, we have some big news coming out of the MLS. Over the last week, we weren't even we were not even able to talk about it last week because by the time a decision was made, a decision was reversed. 
guys, the supporter shield, which was originally canceled by the independent supporters council that has now officially been overturned. The supporter shield is back in play. I'm, I really don't have much to say about it. I think it, I think it's deserved. I think that, you know what, if you finish on top with points, you deserve the supporter shield. So for whoever gets I'll st- it, I'll start with this one. I remember when just amongst ourselves when we talked about this, I was originally like in support of them canceling it because there are some teams that aren't going to play a full season or miss games or miss a couple of games because of COVID cases that were postponed or this or that. There were certain teams like the Canadian teams that just played each other a bunch of times. Then we had the tournament, the MLS is back tournament where the first round of games, like the groups they just counted and the rest of them didn't. So it was kind of just confusing to see how many teams played how many games or is it equal number of games and, and all that kind of made everything confusing. So I was kind of like, okay, I get it if it's a wash. And on top of that, the supporter shield is controlled by the ICS. It is a trophy given out by the council of actual fan supporters, it's not given out by the MLS or any other governing body. It literally is a fan owned trophy. And Which people on the internet in stand, year, can't seem we, to comprehend, by the way. Yeah, it literally is not owned by the MLS. Like, there's an independent council of supporter groups of all the teams that own this trophy. And the in fellowship of the we shield. Had a pandemic, right. In a season where we had a pandemic, and outside of the first two games of the year, I think maybe three, fans weren't present. The fans were not able to be part of the atmosphere and the culture of a game. So I was like, it kind of makes sense that the supporter shield will not be given out. But um, the only thing I kind of understand that makes sense is if the top two or three teams contending for the supporter shield do happen to have a same the same number of games played and all that, then I guess they're at least on equal enough footing where, you know, maybe some of the teams that don't have the equal amount of games are like not even in the race for that shield. In which case, I understand if the top two, three teams are all equal footing in terms of games played, then you know what? It is at least a fair playing field from where you can award that trophy. So it, it's I'm up in the air on it, but that's kind of my analysis. I have a really strong opinion on this, and it's not popular because apparently if you go on Reddit and Twitter, only Red Bull fans are defending this. Um, the Red Bull supporter groups are some kind of shadow organization that control the entirety of the MLS. Because go figure, we control the entirety of the MLS, but we don't win anything. That's real intelligent. We can't even organize the arena to do this, or the three groups to do the same chant, but we can somehow organize Yeah, we can somehow control everything else, though, right? But um, my point about this is, I don't think it makes any sense in my mind to give out the supporter shield this year. And I know that most of the people that are upset are obviously Toronto and Philly fans. And while I somewhat hear your arguments, um, Toronto's tied with Philly and a ahead of Columbus for the supporter shield. Um, How is that fair if Toronto at the end of the season wins the supporter shield? They played two shitty teams in both Canadian teams all year. Who gives a shit? To end your argument, and like I said before, Drake cut me off. I think it's very good that you have the supporter shield this year. I'm sorry. If they're handing out NBA titles, if they're going to end eventually go to the MLS cup play. Yeah. This means about as much as a 60 game MLS world series, MLB world series. But you know what? It's a, you know what? At the end of the day, you look at teams like the Philadelphia union, you look at teams like Toronto. Okay. Maybe the path there is unique and maybe it's something, you know, 
again, it's not. Maybe you beat Montreal and Vancouver 16 times each to win that shield. You, but you know what? Here's you know, the, why not? I, and I completely understand that. But you know what? At the end of the day, right now, if you had to go MLS power rankings right now, the Philadelphia Union. San Jose, Montreal, Impact. Top, top two, but right? One, it just one. makes sense. But Philadelphia Union, are they are the best team in MLS right now. So should they not be rewarded? I mean, technically, or, they're only ahead on goal differential. It's arguable either way. That's but I, here's the thing. I, I think when push comes to shove, Toronto's on the down. Philly don't get me wrong. Down. I think Philly had the harder schedule. I definitely think Philly and Columbus are both better teams than Toronto this year. I'm not, I don't. I, Toronto's a good team, but I don't give them the credit that I did last year. And that, but here's the thing: that's on you. But at the end of the day, oh, I, it absolutely is on me. I'm not expecting anybody to agree oh, with me. But oh, but no, I, I see. I hate being on Twitter for this exact reason of just people just like slanging hate for the sake of slanging hate and like you know conspiracy theories and oh, you're out to get the rest of the MLS. It's ridiculous. Cut it the out. fact that you've been trying to figure out who the fuck is on this council just so you can sling hate at people and make them feel like shit is just kind of beyond me. Like, we're adults watching a sport grow up. <laughs> As well, we had some news from the MLS. They released their yearly 22 under 22. So basically the best 22 players in the league under the age of 22 no surprise here, boys and girls. Brendan Aronson coming in at that number one spot. And I don't know about you guys. It's, it's not rigged. even. It's rigged. Caden Clark. It's rigged. Caden Clark. <laughs> Clark. He's the next Latan. Coming in at number two, we had Brian Rodriguez from LAFC, who himself has had an absolutely wonderful year under the radar and has really picked up. For a team missing, um, you know, a superstar or two along the way, and then you you go right back to Philly. Mark Mark McKenzie coming in at number three. I've been saying it all season. He's another player that you know what I don't see him sticking in the MLS past this upcoming you know off season. I'm gonna give Dre the uh, the link. He's gonna put it in the show notes. We'll we'll post that out there so you could see the remaining 22 players on the list. Because I really don't think you want me going down, you know, for 22 people and describing how I feel. Trust me, that's not what no one's paying me for. <laughs> so we'll start at the first game of the week, Portland versus Seattle in the opioid oyster derby, which we're getting, to, we're getting rid. Yeah, we're getting rid of the Cascadia Cup. Yeah, it's fuck that. It's stuff. it's old news, which looks a lot like maybe Portland started eating opioid oysters at the beginning of the second half, because once again, a last minute near stoppage time goal to uh, ruin Portland's day. What do we think, gentlemen? All I know is, you know how like they we have the song for Kesha, it's going down, I'm yelling timber. It it applies to this because anytime Portland has a late lead, it's going down, I'm yelling timber. There you go. Boom. I made it work. But oh, no, seriously. Falling. Uh, from Portland side, I think I, I, I'm done yelling and I'm done screaming at Portland. They've just, well, I've physically have lost faith in this team to close out games. And like, I'll bring back an old quote. They, they certainly start sucking dick for fun past like the 80th minute. But it just, for me, this is just another prime example of the game plan worked. You guys did it. You did the game plan. You scored your early goal and you played 
basically five in the back. You basically loaded up for the counterattack. You had, I mean, honestly, in the first half alone, Portland had four or five amazing chances that they just took no real threat on. And what happened again? You got lazy in the last couple minutes of the game. You gave up an extra time goal. And then this has to be the second or third straight game where Portland is walking away from a game where you really think about it. Portland should be in the supporter shield race if they could close out these last two or three games. You think about it, that they could have had nine additional, they could have had like several additional points. They could be in the supporter shield race right now. But because they can't close out games, this is just this is just a common theme over and over and over again. And I'm really not going to dive into it. I'm going to let Dre talk about Seattle in a second. But as someone who in the closet supports Portland, I want Portland to do good things because I just overall like the culture that they have. If I was a Portland fan, a Portland diehard, I'd be absolutely worried for the rest of this season because you know what? They're, they don't look good whatsoever when it comes down to that clutch time and then at the same time you know what what's the playoffs are what are the playoffs going to look like this team doesn't look like they have any like they just look lazy towards the end of the game i actually disagree with matt there i think although portland lost this game and like you know weren't winning in the stats i don't think they had as horrible of a performance as matt's making it seem and honestly like their play style is pretty exciting it's just that an issue that lots of teams seem to be having right now is finishing. They get those chances and they can't finish and they can't either get the right angle, the right can't connect with the right guy. Or when they do, they goes over to the side or gets blocked. It's I think that Portland has the right mindset, the right game plan to win and to go far. And honestly, like I can see them going far in the MLS cup. Like I, I honestly can, I would love to see like a, like a Philly Portland game. Cause I think that'd be really exciting but I definitely think that Portland has the right game plan. It's just those moments of where you lose your composure, those moments where you lose your focus and you don't, you know, you don't pay attention and bam, you know, you give up a, a late, uh, a late goal to, to, to lose the three points. So I, I'm not going to, you know, pull the fire alarm just yet and, and, you know, uh, re- sound the bells or raise the alarm that, that Portland is, is a shit team here. I still think they have a lot going for them. But it's just like you said. We're now getting down to crunch time. We're a couple weeks removed from the playoffs. This is when the games count more than ever, and this is the weakest I've seen this Portland team. And I understand, their MVP Blanco, he's going to miss the rest of the season, but Diego Valeri is still there. The Chara brothers are still there. Mora is having a great year. The Daniel Chara went to play hockey. But why is it that, you know, but Trey, I want you to answer this. Do you like, I look at this current Portland side. This is another game they needed to close out. You could, do you really have confidence in this team? I, I do. And and one of the main points is even though this, the score was one, one, right? You look at that. Portland had four shots on net to Seattle's one. Now Seattle had a lot more opportunities in general, only one of them were actually went on net, and it was probably was the goal. Portland had four, so they're a little bit more dangerous there than than Seattle is. It it literally just comes down to finishing. It, it's you got to get that that last last touch has to be there um, in a way that beats the keeper, and that's the problem. They're getting lots of opportunities. It's just the finishing. 
you put a shittier goalkeeper in or or you, you get a little tweak on, on on your foot on the angle and bam that that's a goal you know it goes from a statistic to a to a goal and i mean i'm gonna flip it here because i think we could we're just beating a dead horse for a little bit i'm also not thrilled with the way seattle's been playing recently i'm i overall like they're another team that like you're supposed to be representing the Western Conference. You're supposed to be representing one of the best teams in the Western Conference. And this is another game where, for about 80 minutes, Seattle just kind of just hung in with just vibes. They really, they didn't give me anything where I'm like, because there was a good 70 minutes of this game where it's just like, it was like, here, you have the ball. No, you have the ball. No, you have the ball. And I'm sitting here as someone who, like, excuse me, this is the Cascadia Cup. Give me some goddamn fucking action. But I'm going to close oh, it on nay, one nay. This is the opioid oyster derby. Oh, well, Which apparently was what? about as thrilling as playing dodgeball with your grandmother. I'm telling you right now, There'd be a though, clear winner and a clear loser in that. Yeah, dude, if she's got a hip replacement, bro, she got the moves, man. Yeah, there's a clear loser in this, too. Everything was boring and fine until Portland decided to... You know, just forget how to play soccer for the last 10 minutes like they always do. But before we close out on this, guys, Jordan Morris, did anyone see him? Because for 90 minutes again, who is supposed to be one of the best Americans in the league again, I, I, I see him for minutes here or there. Jordan Morris, you're supposed to be an MVP candidate. You're supposed to be someone who's like going to be representing the country when we go to tournaments. Wait a minute, Seattle had 11 people on the field? Thank you. That was for weird. Fuck's, but for fuck's sake, I want to like Jordan Morris. I want to. But then these big games come around, and he disappears. Guys, now for my favorite derby in the MLS. The Meth Gator Derby, the Sunshine Derby, the Florida Man Madness Derby. I think I like that last one the best. Give Florida Man more credit. Florida Man does beautiful things, and he really makes my like Tuesday afternoons a lot more eventful when I'm randomly Google searching stuff like that. May I just but add not- how I think our name for this derby is better than the actual name for the derby? I don't know if it actually has a name, but oh, I'm just. It has been recently it. named the Tropic Thunder Derby, as far as I know. I, I control all delete everything, cancel the podcast, cancel everything. <laughs> Guys, pour out the beer. I don't want to. If that's the actual name of this Darby, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I don't. It's like, like a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Dude, that, tell me two things, two things in the world that are more Florida than meth and gators. Nothing. Florida man, Florida man. There's Florida Man more. is a guy who's high on meth wrestling a gator. Yeah, yes. that goes into yes. both. Florida Man's the guy who's high on meth throwing gators through a drive-thru because they got his order wrong. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I asked for no pickles, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, we actually had a game. And we didn't just have a game. We had a very good game with exciting goals, back-to-back action, and we had a late winner. Uh, guys, I- I'm sorry, Orlando is supposed to be the better team here. They've owned the rivalry up to this point, but Miami was like, nah, bro, we got fans in the stands. Not social distancing, not wearing masks, but we're not here to talk about that. Guys, Miami won 2-1 in an absolute thriller. Kyle, 
I'm going to hand this one off to you. You wanted to talk about how Orlando shit the bed. So I'm going to put on my blanket and I'm going to watch you talk about it. A lot of people do think Orlando shit the bed. Personally, I'm one of them, but I kind of get it in certain situations, if that makes sense. Like, they looked gassed. The schedule's been ridiculous. Clearly, they need this next week to rethink, refocus, and just take a rest because they're between their injuries and just how the rest of the team was playing. Not good. You had the, the Orlando goalie with an own goal on one of the worst possible luck on a deflection I've ever seen. In his defense, though, he didn't let it really affect his play. He was, in my opinion, impeccable for the rest of the game. He completely shut down a two-on-one break. There were some just bad defensive choices. That's a lot of what this came out to. Just some bad choices, putting the ball in the wrong place, especially when, you know, you're Benji Michael and you have the ball a foot from the goal and you decided to pass out to McCarthy instead of just taking the shot a foot from the goal. Awkward fucking choice. But all right. No, and it, I understand where you're coming from, but I mean, at least from an Orlando side, guys, I get your gassed. We're all gassed. I'm gassed on this podcast. Like, come on. I have we're gassed. All gassed. Okay. Except Dre, who wakes up at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is I wake up at noon. Oh, my apologies. Poor baby. <laughs> the time has been changed from 3 p.m. to noon. I'm so sorry. Now, Dre, I haven't woken up at 3 p.m. since my high school days, okay? Oh, I'm sorry if those are embedded into my DNA. <laughs> but, Dre, you want to talk about how things are on the turn for Miami and with... Listen, man, this, the streak had to end eventually. I, like, I think this is Orlando's first loss in... Was it 10, 12 plus games or something? If I remember uh, my, my my stats correctly, but Orlando was was on that on that high high run for a while where they were getting ties and wins, ties and wins, ties and wins, and you know all good things must end. And it happened to be against their their uh, new found rivals in Inter Miami. Now, I think this game is kind of almost following a, a same formula that just happened to be prevalent the entire week, this entire game week in MLS. And that is late, late, late game winners. It happened in the game we talked about before with Portland and Seattle. It happened in this game too. What do, what do you got, Mel? Are you going to say something? You know, the MLS isn't exciting. Who doesn't like a late winner? But the MLS is boring. Give me 1-1 one, one against like Southampton any day of the week, man. I want to, you know what? I want to pay zero, uh, $15 to see like a West Brom tie against Burnley. That's what I want to pay for. Yeah, it's just um, way more exciting, right? Sorry, not t- not taking shots at anyone in particular. I am. Um, but, but uh, no, this game had, had it all. You know, it, it had that late drama as many games this week and other games we'll talk about in a minute all had. Now, it, right at the end, right at the end of the first quarter, four, quarter, wow, first half, 45th that 40 minute, ounce, you had Inter that Miami. For, that 40 ounce is getting to you, isn't it, champ? <laughs> starting, starting to hit right. You had that the shot, the, the goal that counted as an own goal, and you know, rightfully so. It did bounce off the defender, but that is what you get when you push and you press and you take shots and you take your chances. It's like Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You take the shot and you see what happens. You get a deflection, boom, it goes in. It still counts either way. So it, it, it's all about that effort putting it in. 
And then Inter Miami, 89th minute, finishes it off. So Miami did everything right this game. And with that, we have uh, Orlando's 12-game uh, you know, undefeated streak come to an end. I have to tell you, though, personally, if I'm uh, Daryl Dyke, I am absolutely furious. You basically stood on your head the entire night. You blanked Miami's defense at every fucking turn, yet nobody could help you get it done. In return, you look at people from the Miami, like you look at from the Orlando side. I want to just give a big shout out to DK there. Donkey Kong? Rookie. Dude, dude, this guy is going to be an amazing MLS striker. And it sucks because he's getting good so fast, so quick that he's still young enough for someone in Europe to come along and be like, hey, I see you got a really good MLS talent there. Unless you know, sell him, wait a few years and lose money, cough Aaron Long, cough. (laughs) But besides that point, Miami earned this win, guys. They really, really did. I'm glad Gonzalo Perez finally got on the score sheet for Miami. He deserves it. The MLS Cup winner with Atlanta. It's really good to see Miami turning it around. And guys, I I may have to retract my statement. To be fair, we all did say this the last time Miami beat Orlando. I understand. Not being pessimistic, I'm just saying. But now but now they got good players. They got good role players. It seems like the coaching staff has finally integrated a coaching plan, guys. You still can't convince Na- me that... I, I said Nashville was going to just outplay Miami completely, but with the way Miami's been playing, I don't know. That's it. At the end, if neither team makes it to the playoffs, I sweeping declaration. If neither Miami or Nashville get to the playoffs, they play one knockout game at a neutral site. The winner of the game is the winner of the new the new kids in town. The loser has to get relegated <laughs> to the USL. Why is that hey, not as, as of why As is of that right now, Nashville's still, Nashville's still in the playoff spot. Keep that in mind. Oh, Our I boy Alex Mio and, and Dax McCarty, the ginger ninja, they're both still in a playoff spot. Look, you still can't convince me, no matter how good Miami does, that David Beckham isn't waiting on the sidelines wearing like an inter-Miami jersey with his number on it under his suit, just going, I swear to God, I'll fire all of you. Figure out a way to put me in the squad. Coach, put me in. Coach, put me in. Uh, Sir, I work for you. I'm literally better than all the people I'm paying. Just put me in. Yeah. Sir, we just brought in Gonzalo Higuain. What the fuck is a Gonzalo Higuain? (laughs) 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 Ah, good God. So next up, we have NYCFC returning. I don't think it's the first game back, but they've returned back to Yankee Stadium, unfortunately. So we have to watch this game with a pretty shitty camera view. But nonetheless, we have NYCFC versus Montreal. Now, this game kind of followed the same formula as a lot of other games in terms of pretty late, uh, you know, late scoring. So, Matt, what do you think? Was NYCFC just doing amazing this game? Is Montreal a dumpster fire? What, what, what do you got for me? I think Montreal's a supposed dumpster fire. It's a for it's the first year with a brand new coach. A brand new is it at least a gar- is it at least like a garbage can fire? Oh no, somebody somebody threw out the wrong things in a dumpster. That thing's raging. The fire department's there. They can't get it out. It smells really bad. They're pretty sure a hobo's been pooping in there for months. See, you're you're blowing... I'm going to let you talk about Montreal, Kyle, but overall, Montreal, I don't think is the dumpster 
dumpster fire everyone's talking about. I think it is, but not for the reasons that everybody thinks it is. I'm going to talk about why NYCFC. Okay, hold on. I'm going to drink some bleach. Hold on. (laughs) (sighs) Matt Sai's got to be the only guy in the history of the world who pours his 40 into a cup. I just want everyone who's not watching on Patreon. (laughs) Yeah, I just saw that. What the fuck, dude? His 40 ounce into a goddamn cup. Fucking deal with it, bro. I'm a craft beer baby back. You see that? He's okay. pouring his 40 in a cup. He probably sucks dick with a bib on. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> if you're not on Patreon right now, you have no idea everyone's losing their mind. Um, but, uh, oh, I think I'm supposed to talk about why NYCFC did good things. Um, So NYCFC is going to surprise teams for the remainder of this year. And it's under one reason and one reason alone. It's about this five foot four dude named Maxi Morales, who in my opinion is (laughs) the best number 10 in the MLS. And I don't have an issue saying that in any way, shape or form. Maxi came when he was out. NYCFC looked absolutely lost on the attacking half of their midfield, and they could not connect to their strikers in any way, shape, or form. Now that he's back on the side full time, this team has brand new energy. They have brand new life. Right from the get go, NYCFC was completely the dominant side, and I don't believe it had anything to do with the fact that their baseball stadium is the smallest field in the league and other teams have a tough time adjusting to it as well. As we were talking with Andy last week, Sean Johnson didn't get bothered too, too much in this game, but when he needed to, he stepped up and he made absolutely incredible saves. I really overall, this team looks a little bit more complete and it did. The game was very tight, but by the 67th minute, it basically was just a flood, absolute flood. Overall, City looked the better side. Medea, in my opinion, can step up and be that clinical number nine now that Maxi Morales is back. But guys, I'm saying it, and it's it's tough for me too, but at the same time, it's not because I know what I'm saying is correct. NYCFC is going to be one of those teams that's going to get into the playoffs, and they're going to upset at least one or two people along the way. I don't know if they have the depth to get to a conference final, maybe even an MLS cup. But I believe they're going to upset a few people along the way. I think maybe you should work on using the word correct correctly in a sentence. Like you can give NYC a little bit of credit, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like watching the Red Sox play without Mookie Betts having an MVP year. If your team can't do it without one guy missing, it's kind of, you're not a good team. I'm sorry. It needs work. You look at Montreal. They're an absolute dumpster fire. Their defense shows why they've lost three out of their last four. Thierry Henry took the blame on this one, saying it was his fault. He chose to let the team return to Canada to see his family, blah, 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 blah. Look, at the end of the day... How, it, how dare he? How how dare he let them go see their family? And look, what a hard, wait a minute. I, I, get the po- I get the point of view, right? But at the end of the day, look... Your training facilities in New Jersey, your families are in Montreal. I understand that. That sucks. But as a player, when you're ninth and last, when you're ninth and have the last spot in the uh, playoff picture here, 
and you choose to go home and see your family instead of going, hey, maybe we should work on this. There's four games left. That to me is the problem. The work ethic to me is the problem in this team. Bottom line, you played a mediocre game at best until about the 16th minute when Camacho handed an open net to Medina on a silver fucking platter. I don't know how else to put that one. It's just there were terrible fucking reads on both sides of the ball. I think DC and Cincinnati could beat these this team with their B squad. The, the rough, issue, rough words. I, I was about to say, I mean, you, geez, do you want to like, uh, you, forget it. Hold on, Alex, we have more room in the, uh, we have more room in the budget. We can send edible arrangements, right? Because Kyle needs to apologize to Montreal immediately. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll apologize to Thierry Henry because he's a beautiful man and I love him dearly. Fuck Montreal. Y'all wonder why Toronto are tied oh, for the fucking boy. shield. They played them like eight times. You know what else? And it's something that I didn't realize until like you're on Twitter, but you realize the Philadelphia Union have played like New England like eight times this year, like low key. Like, yeah, this this whole key. schedule is kind of weird. I would dude, it's just like I, I, I mean, this whole year is kind of weird. <laughs> but to to finish up the NYCFC vs. Montreal game, this like if anyone else is listening and you're not an MLS fan, this is the third game that we're talking about this week that had goals after the 85th minute. And I'm talking exciting, exciting soccer here. This game to me is kind of followed a formula that Matt and I are very familiar with because we've played FIFA against each other plenty and plenty of times. Unfortunately. And Matt is very much the better player uh, compared to me. So what usually happens is I, I spend a good amount of time either defending or keeping the keeping the net empty. But after that first goal, after the first goal, the floodgates open up and I can't do shit and Matt scores seven. That happens all the time. This There's game here was this game here was a real life example of that. The first sixty-five minutes for both teams, goalkeeping masterclass. Sean Johnson played amazingly. The goaltender from Montreal had some great, great saves that kept them in the game, that kept it zero zero that saved their asses. And then when you had that 68th minute goal from Medina, after the hour mark, I'm talking this game took deep into the game for it to get any goals. 68th minute, Medina scores a goal. And from then on, it was just floodgates opened up. You had a goal in the 68th, in the 83rd, in the 88th, and then Montreal got one back at the end in the 89th minute. So you want drama, you want action. Like MLS is your league. Like don't, don't sleep on it. However, you know, this NYCFC team definitely is showing that with Maxi Morales back and hopefully Bear, you know, coming back. I know it's probably going to be early next season, but they seem to have the pieces, the correct pieces to, to you know, do some competition here. So the two best teams in the MLS got together on Saturday night and had a soccer game. But if you watch this game or... If you just saw the score on the MLS app, you would think that one of those teams was definitely not one of the best teams in the league. Yes, that's right, boys and girls. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. And the Philadelphia Union wanted the entire MLS to be very aware that they are here to do a job. And their job is to be the best team in the MLS. Now, guys, this this game wasn't close. 
For a neutral, it was fun because, you know, who doesn't want to see a shit ton load of goals and one team? I'm going to, I'm going to take that back real quickly. We don't have to cut this. I just take it back really quickly. The MLS and America appreciates Michael Bradley looking like a fucking idiot for 90 minutes. That, I think that's just universal. That'll teach you to start a dinosaur on the U.S. men's national team. Guys, (laughs) the Philadelphia Union five. Yes, five. Toronto FC, a big fat goose egg. Now, guys, we're not going to have too much to talk about because of how one-sided this was, but let me just be very frank and clear. The Philadelphia Union are the best team in the MLS. I feel like when I watch the Philadelphia Union play, I think of the old dodgeball movie, and I think of just like White Goldman going, we're better than you, and we know it. But I'm going to hand this off to Kyle. Kyle, uh, there's no positives here from Toronto, and there's only positives from Philly. And like, look, I get that Toronto likes to be that team that comes out of nowhere to dominate at the end of the season and make a deep playoff run, but um, unfortunately, Fortunately, when they came to Chester, unlike Matt, Toronto didn't get no bib. It was just a fucking bukkake party all night long. It was not fucking good. Where to start? There was not a single part of Toronto's defense that read a single thing right. Um, They couldn't complete a pass. They looked like a bunch of kids playing soccer against a major league team. But, like, look, I can go on and on about how shit this looked, but at the end of the day... Like I said before, you can't get to a supporter shield playing Montreal and Vancouver over and over again, and this game proves it. You can't get complacent at this point. You have to be ready to show up, you know, hold the ball, be quick, make tackles, and play knockdown dragout soccer. And Toronto wasn't ready to do that. Philly was. I just feel like that's what Philly always does. Philly's ready for these types of games. Philly loves these types of games. Yeah, they show up and get Andre Blake's eighth fucking shutout of the season. But I mean, I so I would say, Dre, go ahead before I communicate. But like, Kyle, you are correct. I mean, these are the games Philly lives for. This this game is special for a couple of reasons that have nothing to do with Toronto and everything to do with Philadelphia. Now, we already know Philadelphia is having a killer season. They're in the supporters shield race. They're favorites for the playoffs, all of that. We all remember from early, early in the season, might have been February or early March, that 3-3 tie LAFC versus Philadelphia game where Jacob uh, Glesnes had that beautiful, beautiful goal. Honestly, you know, uh, goal of the year contender. This game, this year, th- this game was amazing in that I think Philadelphia got two more goal of the year contenders to the point where I think the top three contenders for goal of the year as of right now are all Philadelphia goals. It's going to be which Philadelphia goal is the fucking best, honestly. You could pick you know, pick your favorite goal from the 3-3 LAFC tie, or you could pick any one of uh, Santos's goals from this game because Sergio Santos had his first goal. Amazing. I'm talking like just quick, quick run, boom, cross, header into the net. And then a beautiful celebration, honestly. Like, that celebration was just funny. And then you had his last goal with a Brendan Aronson assist where, same thing, he just running, crosses it in, left foot, you know, gets the, get, gets the, the goalkeeper going the wrong way and scores a beauty there. He, honestly, this is like, you know, you talk about career 
defining games or, or, or career games. This is one of Sergio Santos's career games for sure. And it like I straight up think we have Philadelphia is gonna take spots one, two, and three in the in the best goal of the season race for sure, because there were some beauties in this game. Disagreeing with you on the quality of the goals that Philadelphia Union are providing to my life. Cause when I watch these games and I rewatch these highlights. Seeing the way the Philadelphia Union play warm my heart. But there are, I'm telling you right now, in a pandemic year, I feel like three goals, four goals a week are contenders for goals of the year. And I'm glad I don't have that job on the MLS and their social media plays to like choose the goals of the year. It's going to make us vote for it. That's true. Lazy it's already, fucking. It's already an election year. It's already oh, an election year. Gonna be- I don't know how anybody would win goal of the year that wasn't Caden Clark's Galazzo. But that's, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. There's a shit ton load of good goals. Guys, I'm going to quickly close up on this. Holy shit. The Philadelphia Union. 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 I, I almost I started chanting, we want seven, just out of habit. I, but that's what I'm saying. First of all, if Sergio Santos can be this pure of a number nine, the MLS is worried because all the Philadelphia Union really needed was a guy up front to just put in the goals, not do anything else, just put in the goals. If the Philadelphia Union acquire a pure number nine, that's it, boys and girls. The game is over. You can go home now. That's it. There's nothing here. There's nothing here for you. There's no consolation prizes. There's no team from the West. There's definitely no team from the East. Game is over, boys and girls. As I said at the beginning of the episode, Mark McKenzie is gone. Brendan Aronson is already gone. Mark McKenzie. He's not lasting this summer. Dude, the Philadelphia Union are going to get paid. Between Aronson and McKenzie. robbed. I mean, you say robbed, but that's money that they're going to be able to put back into the team. No MLS team is going to be able to make the amount of money that the union are going to make in this summer. And if they possibly sell Fontana, which is 100% a possibility, the Philadelphia Union could walk away with over $20 million in profit. That would be... I personally think the opposite. I think with those two sales already happening, I think Fontana's the perfect piece to keep. Hey... You don't, but here's the thing: you don't know. You get a team, possibly a Europa League side, coming in. Hey, who knows? Especially guys, the way he plays off the bench, let him have a year starting. I guarantee you, the price will get on, only higher. I, I'm not talking anymore about this game. This game was a lot of fun to watch from a neutral. I really wonder if Toronto just sees Brendan Aronson pushing up the field in their nightmares, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, oh, quick thing. Really about Toronto, reality check. This was a reality check. You're not guaranteed anything in this league, bruh. Guess what? If you're Toronto, your last few performances haven't been that great. Get your shit together. Real talk. And next, we're going on to Sporting Kansas City versus Colorado. Sporting Kansas City certainly steamrolled over Colorado in the second half. For four to nothing in a rematch of a COVID canceled game from only a few weeks ago. Should Colorado just fold or is Sporting Kansas City the real deal? So, th- this game has. 
You want to go first? All right, go first. No, I'm going to drink I, my I, beer. I, I do want to go first. Drink your beer, and I'm going to talk about why Kansas City is the best team in the Western Conference and why people are not giving them the credit that they deserve. Guys, they are the best team in the West for this reason and this reason alone. They have more offensive weapons than anyone else on that side of the league and behind the Philadelphia Union are the most aggressive team going forward. Overall, you look at Polito, Johnny Russell, they have so many weapons. And it's just it, the way that this team is just built, it's built to push forward and go forward. Overall, I do give Colorado credit for holding them off as long as they could. But Dre, as you said before, this was a floodgate situation. And by the 53rd minute, it just, it, once that first one went in, it was just all hell broke loose. But you think to yourself, man, Kansas City, this is a team that overall has stayed pretty quiet over the entire MLS campaign. And yes, they've had COVID issues. They've had games canceled. But they've found their way to the top of their conference. And it, you know what? It's no discredit to them. They're doing an absolutely incredible job. They're able to still be able to be as strong as they are in the back as well as aggressive up front. I mean, really, you start now you start seeing the way things are starting to label up, line up right before the playoff picture. Seattle hasn't looked good. I'm sorry. In my opinion, I'm starting to think that Kansas City is gonna have is going to end up being the one and only team that can really do anything against the big boys in the East. So to ca- to counter that, you-, you have to take in the extraneous circumstances surrounding Colorado into effect. Every team has played 18, 19, or 20 games this year. Colorado has played a whopping total, including this game, 14 games. Their last match that Colorado played this year, you know, th- this match is October 24th. The previous match they had, was in September, literally a month. They've missed a month of games. They've had five games postponed or canceled or whatever is going to happen with them um, due to COVID cases and extraneous circumstances. So you have to keep that in mind that Colorado is really going through a rough time. It's not an excuse for performance, but it's something just to to keep on on your thoughts when you're thinking about this particular performance. Their last game, they won 5-0. They put five goals in against San Jose. So when you put a team that hasn't played in a month and is, you know, played only 14 games compared to 16, 18, 19, 20 games of every other team, and you put them against one of the best teams, as you say, the best team in the West, you know, a team that's up there with Portland and Seattle, you put those, you know, factors, you put those factors together, what do you expect from Colorado? You know, you, you can't you can't expect greatness from a team that hasn't played in a month against the best team in the West. I I expected a well rested team that shouldn't be absolutely well rested. Can out. also mean a team that's not in form, that's not consistent, right. that's not form, warm. No, I think assuming what you're assuming would mean Colorado yeah. was like a up there team to start with, even when they're not going through this. Like issue. I said. Like I said, they won their last two games in a row, and the last game they played prior to their whole right. situation, they won five zero. I see. I'm see. Here's the thing. 
I understand that, but you got to listen to what Kyle's saying. This team wasn't good before that. It, look, 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 after- look. We can argue this all night, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get stuck in traffic. So I think we should. Closing topic real quick. Colorado looked absolutely gassed for a team that's had a month off. But yeah, that's right. I'm going to get in my car now. So speaking of getting into cars and sitting in traffic and taking the 101 to the 404, and next thing you know, you're in Los Angeles, we have El Trafico, the most hilarious name for a derby in the MLS, between LAFC and the Los Angeles Galaxy. So now that we're into El Trafico, we have, like I said, LAFC, LA Galaxy. This game is... The important for a couple reasons. A, where the hell is Chicharito? B, return of Carlos Vela. Dega Rossi is doing his thing. So we have a lot to talk about here. Let's start it off with Matt today. All right. So I'm going to jump in from the positive from, well, no, hold on. I'm going to jump in from the, I want two hours from my Sunday back. How dare LA Galaxy get a red card in the 18th or 15th minute or whenever they got it. And they just absolutely gave me the most boring game of the entire week. Also, I'm just going to interject really quickly right here. How in the blue hell does VAR work better in the MLS than it does in the EPL? Like MLS is a way less funded league money-wise, anything TV deal, money rights, anything than the EPL does. How does VAR work better here to get those calls correct in the goddamn EPL? We don't have goal line technology. We, we can't we afford it. We literally don't have goal line technology, but we our VAR shits on the fucking English Premier League. Yeah, I'm calling you fuckers out. Fuck you. I would love for everybody to play like a stretch of five MLS games with Premier League refs just to see how big of a shit show that is. I'm pretty sure like the like the murder rate on the MLS fields would actually go up. I, I honestly could see like Breck Shea just slide tackling the referee at that be like Felipe, fuck this guy. Felipe <laughs> would take his boot off and start swinging it at people. Elbow I'm, just fucking start elbowing. That awkward moment when Felipe doesn't get red cards in Premier League. He wouldn't even get a talking to. But guys, from an LAFC... If I, if, I, if, I had to, if I had to interview Wayne Rooney, who played MLS and EPL, I would literally ask him, like, what, like how are the refs different and what, what's that situation? Because I'd love to hear his thoughts about that. Nah, he was, dude, he was back in the day before VAR in the Prem. He was in the golden era. I'm not even talking about VAR. I'm talking about just refereeing in general. But anyway... What, what, what can you get away with? Anyway, go ahead. No, but I mean, from an LAFC point of view, one... You need to play a lot more aggressive when for over three-fourths of the game, you have, you're have you up a man against already a very weak LA Galaxy side. You dominated possession. Congratulations. You did a very good job. You took a couple opportunities. Yes, that's it. Great. But why is it that it wasn't until Vea and Bradley Ray Phillips came on towards the back end of the game did you guys actually start like, oh, may- maybe we should start actually playing soccer? I'm really happy overall with the performance from the ref. That was a very good call to make. The red card was appropriate. The retracting of the penalty was appropriate. And like Dre said, I'm actually quite happy with the way the refs in the MLS actually do their shit. So keep that shit up because that's at least one thing about this league I don't have to drink about. 
But from an LAFC point of view, you found something you don't have to drink about. I only drink in days that start with Y. I only drink with okay. days that oh. have a noon. I only drink with days that I eat. I only have days. <laughs> I only drink. I'm sorry. The 40 ounce is hitting different. Oh my God. I can't believe we've made it this far. I know. Uh, sorry for the eight hour episode, to, everybody. If anyone wants to know, like, Alex physically had to walk away because he just needed a break because he killed. The I think Alex and Kyle both walked away from me. Dude, I finished mine like 20 minutes ago and I feel so sick. I am at like, that I'm age. Not even try- I'm not even trying to play games right now for the podcast. I feel disgusting. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I feel like there's metal shavings scraping the inside of my esophagus. I feel like I'm going to poo blood later. I'm just at that like, age where oh, if you yeah. think I'm going to. I'm at that age that, where if you think I'm going to make it through a 40 without having to pee, you're wrong. I'm older than that. I made it through the whole 40 without Can't having to pee, but now I feel sick to my stomach. So for those who don't know, we record this episode late on Monday night. So basically the second the podcast is over, I go right to bed. So tonight I'm going to be going to bed with a full 40 ounce amount of malt liquor in my bladder. <laughs> so when I piss the bed tonight, you guys are all going to be the first ones to know. Back to the game. Back to the game. I believe we're LAFC, on LAFC, LA, LAFC just need to do a better job. Like the game overall definitely dragged. LAFC sent everyone forward. LA Galaxy sent everyone back. It was very boring. There wasn't a lot of energy in the game. I'm I, Overall, I'm still glad it was the Sunday cap. And like, I feel like a game that would have had fans in the stands, it would have been something a little bit different. But I'm glad to see Carlos Vea back. The Lion King himself. I think if once he's back to 100% and he's in that starting lineup, LAFC immediately become the favorites in the Western Conference. And it's it's one of those games where, like, it's the same thing with, like, playing against Messi. Oh, he's there, and you think you got him, and then you blink three times, and he's got a hat trick. So, and it, it's the same thing. BWP coming off the bench looked absolutely incredible. Diego Rossi looked absolutely incredible. Rodriguez again on that 22 list looked incredible. Overall, you really look at it. This is a good game for LAFC. It's a good tune-up game. And uh, I'll let Kyle talk about how the LA LA Galaxy are absolute fucking garbage. Yeah, in the middle of all of this, you you had LAFC taking like Something like 27 shots this game. Um, Only 27. Yeah, right? Like, I your defense might as well have just been ball-watching the entire game. I don't even know if you moved. The Giancarlo Gonzalez foul, which, again, VAR blundered anyway, so is it really worth talking about, given the straight red, which just fucked the rest of the game? But in the middle of all it was, of it was the it was the correct call though. It was the Yes, no, absolutely. It was outside the box. We know that now. But like in the midst of all this, you had where the fuck is Chicharito? Earlier in the week can, he can, n- nowhere in the course of this week was he on the injury list. Now all of a sudden, right the day of the game, he has an unexpected injury and can't play. Motherfucker. It's not just it's a month. He's been healthy for a fucking month. He's yeah. been back from Mexico he didn't for even, two weeks. Yeah. He's been back from international for two weeks. That's what I'm saying. All of a sudden that's what I'm saying. All of a sudden you're on the injury list. Like what the fuck is that? I think Yanni Gonzalez did the best he could replacing him on fucking short notice, because I'm pretty sure everybody assumed that a healthy Chicharito would play, because you know, 
why not? All of this is just leading to LA Galaxy being last place. It's being pretty heavily rumored so far that Chilato's going to get fired very, very soon. And I don't know how he's lasted this long with this team. Although you look at the talent on the team, and is it really Shalato's fault? I, I don't think the blame 100% lies on the coach. I'm pretty excited, though. Like, I, you know, you don't want to ever want to be excited about someone losing their job. But if Robbie Keane... Who As we're, like, what, four episodes removed from being happy about Chris Armas? <laughs> don't quote me on no. things I said when I was happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, but if Roy Keane, like, that's another thing. Like, I think that's actually a really good thing. Like, if Roy Keane can find his way back, he's an LA Galaxy legend. So if he, if he finds his way back into the coaching staff, that's that's incredible for the team, incredible for the league. And, but no, to back what you said about, like, Chicharito, I want the FBI's most wanted. I want him on that show on Saturday nights on Fox. I I, I want all points bulletin. Like, look at the end of the day, he's doing the same thing he did for West Ham. He can't fucking cut it. He's not good enough, so he's checking out. Yeah, but like, you, you, there's usually an escape. Like, he escaped to Byron Leverkusen and did. Yeah, the escape is having Shalato fucking putting you on the no. injury list because apparently he's a little bitch too. Here's the thing: at least if the man's healthy, you don't want to start him. Fine, I respect that. He's not showing up to. Yeah, at least just keep him well, off the eighteen and say we didn't want to start him. He's. Put him on the bench. How is your most expensive fucking player? And how is how are the, uh, fuck, okay, fuck the manager? And this comes what? Not even money? we're paying this guy. We're paying this guy the most money of anyone on this team, and we and he can't make the fucking bench. And no. this comes what? Not even a Bruh. week after the galaxy said, "And I quote, we're not selling Chicharito." Well, first of all, if you sold them, no one would buy him. But Dre, number so I'm gonna hand this to Dre. I'm gonna say this to Dre really quickly. Hey, Dre, when he was on Manchester United, what was his nickname? Super sub, the fucking super sub. That's it. If you're not gonna start him, at least put him on the bench, bring him in the 75th minute, and just have him run around and cause hell. Even if he doesn't score a goal, you have to pay attention to. At him. least that would be serving a purpose at this point. I mean, for the amount of money they paid for him, you think they would want to do something with him? LA doesn't. LA Galaxy doesn't seem to want to do much. Well, so listen to to, to finish off. To finish off this point, I got to do the plug for my 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 podcast. The welcome here we go. When there it is for this week. I drink Bitburger, I eat fucking blood sausages, blah, 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 Bayern Munich. Here is we go. Is Jägermeister even German? <laughs> uh, yes, it, it, stands for, it stands for Master Hunter. No, I'm pretty, sure it ta- I'm pretty sure it's translated in German for really shitty fucking alcohol. I'm pretty sure it translates from German to I don't know what the fuck I did last night. <laughs> that wrong. But what I'm saying is... The, the reason I brought up the goddamn Bundesliga is Javier Hernandez should never have left the Bundesliga. When he got his transfer from Man U to Bayer Leverkusen, he was there for two years. And fuck me sideways, it was the best two years of his goddamn career. Two seasons, 39 goals. Why the fuck would you leave? Don't go to West Ham. Don't go to Sevilla. Don't go to Galaxy. Stay the fucking Germany where you're a starter. You're not. You're playing sixty minutes, not thirty. I guess not everybody can be Jack Wilshere, huh? Stay the fucking buyer, buyer, fucking Leverkusen. You 
fucker. Guys, we had plenty of amazing MLS action, and we only have a few weeks left. So, guys, it's getting good. It's getting real good. What's not getting good is the fact that most of us are finishing these 40 ounces. I'm too drunk to taste to this chicken. It's a little difficult. It's, it's getting a little difficult to finish the rest of this pod. So I'm, I'm taking my, my Prius, and I'm driving up to the farmer's market, and I'm going up to the first stand, and the guy is selling me bullshit. Dre, what bullshit are you feeding me today? <laughs> so this is... So you know how people go through like dark episodes in their lives and this and that. So this is where we're at in Freddie Adu's life. Welcome to the Farmer's Market Minute. My name is Dre. And last week where we left off, we had Freddie Adu finally finished his four loan spells from Benfica and got a contract with the Philadelphia Union. Played there for about a year and a half and honestly did kind of pretty okay he was just a regular role player nothing special nothing he's not a carlos veyer or joseph martinez but he's he was getting regular playing time at the end of the year and a half of philly union he gets transferred over to a team in syria of brazil called bahia in 2013 he spends a season at syria in bahia so there goes back to his old old days man and i'm talking he gets two starts a combined total of 20 20 minutes not 20 games 20 minutes of his entire time at not 20 start 20 minutes at bahia the next pele everybody eight eight months right and that's what they were saying so after bahia man (laughs) You know, that was a shitty situation there. He goes on in 2014 to try to find any team that would sign him. In February, he was training with Blackpool in England. They said, sorry, bro, no contract, but you can stay and keep keep practicing. In June 2014, he, became, he began practicing with Norwegian club Stabæk, managed by former coach Bob Bradley, U.S. coach still wouldn't fucking sign him. The U.S. coach wouldn't sign him. Then, July, next month, he goes over to the Dutch club, AZ Akmar, on trial. Same fucking deal. Shows up, goes to practice, can't get a contract, man. He went to all these different clubs, three different clubs between leaving Bahia, and none of them would sign him. So eventually, this is where we're going to pick up next week. And I'm going to fucking leave it on a cliffhanger. Eventually, he leaves the warm weather of Brazil and the warm weather of Portugal and Greece and all these other countries he he uh, played in. And he has to go to some cold-ass territory. I'm talking cold-weather places for his next team. So we'll see that next week on the Farmer's Market. The ultimate like plot twist like ultimate plot twist of plot twist is he ends up at Kapata Viev <laughs> no he's no. still too expensive for them I promise I'll bring no. my own so- I promise I'll no. bring my own soccer balls you're hired <laughs> guys, guys, do you guys, have a soccer I'll, net I'll too bring, I'll bring I'll bring 17 soccer balls you're hired <laughs> you're I want to play for Karpati can you design our logo 
We can't afford the paint app on the computer that comes basically installed. There it is. Who can? Oh, oh, that's cute. But guys, speaking of very cute things, guys, we are now at the part of the episode where, yep, Dre's 40 ounces done. I'm on the final sips of mine. Alex has been done. Kyle, how we doing? I'm... I'm at the bottom of my label now. We're we're, we're oh, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. This is honestly, so I'm fairly. He, he's he's done forty out of forty-two ounces because he had forty-two ounces, so he's yeah, he's yeah, at that forty. Chug, 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 chug. Technically, I'm done. I Come drank on. forty take ounces. That, take that last swig, man. Uh, take give me a camera. minute. Take the last swig on camera right now. Come this on. This is bonus time. I can wait. Um, I drank forty ounces. Yeah, well, this is Han. This is the this is the extra time of our podcast, which means Portland's about to give up a goal. But oh, uh, oh. oh too soon, too soon, bro, too soon. <laughs> nope, we are at my favorite segment of the episode, which is what is pissing you off this week. I usually go last, but I actually want to go first because I have two, and I want to get them off my chest because they're really pissing me off. Number one is Christmas decorations. Not only am I seeing supermarkets, whole food stores, you name it, it's there. Christmas decorations are up. Christmas music is being played. It is not even November. Pretty soon, we're going to start getting to the point where it's going to... I'm going to start hearing Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas in fucking July. I can't. Stop. The earlier you start saying and playing the music and putting up the stuff it, it takes away from the holiday itself it's better than when i used to go to denny's 24 7 because like do you know how many different versions of frosty the snowman there are i can tell you there are at least 12 see i but the <laughs> thing is if it's the two weeks or three weeks i have a rule that until After thanksgiving santa yeah. doesn't rub his dick in yeah. november that seems like a yeah. pretty fair rule no no dre has the point until the turkey is digested in my stomach from thanksgiving i don't want to even get a hint of peppermint much less anything else that has to do with the holiday of christmas number two and i'm actually directing this directly at the orlando city fc fan base You all have the pleasure of being in a soccer stadium with live soccer being on. How dare three-fourths of your fan base be on your fucking cell phone during the games? Fuck you. The rest of the league that actually gets the opportunity to go into stadiums... Fuck, we don't even go on our phone watching the Red Bull lose at home. But the thing is, it doesn't matter what other team in the MLS, if they have fans in the stands, you can't find a cell phone. But yet every single time I watch Orlando play at home, their fans are all on their cell phones. Excuse me. There are people across this country who would kill to be in a soccer stadium right now. And you're sitting here. There are starving children in Africa that can't watch Orlando City play. You should be more appreciative. With the way way their current form is, I wouldn't want to watch them live either. Nobody would. Alex, I'm going to hand this off to you now. This should be what a good one. is pissing you um, off this week? And is it the fact that you had to drink 40 ounces of malt liquor? You know what? That was that was about to be one of them. No, um, I think I, I think I'm pulling this card the same time twice in one month. But I got my stimulus check, so I am fucking ecstatic right now. You got Yo. it. 
Bro, I finally got my fucking that, stimulus. My first stimulus. Well, it's only 30 years time. late. I've gotten like three stimulus checks since you've got so yours. I am so happy because now I can be a child and buy a Nintendo Switch and play Pokemon and Mario Kart and do everything I should not be doing with the stimulus check. <clears throat> you don't have time for Mario Kart. We got fucking raids to play soon. Shut up, dude. I want to play Mario Kart for a little bit. <laughs> Yo, I've on been a wanting side a note, switch for the longest time, and this is the perfect the perfect time to get one now. So, so side note, everyone else, just stop listening. Yo, Alex, let me know when you get Mario Kart. I'm coming over. Fuck yeah! Please come over anytime you want. I love Mario Kart. It's my <laughs> oh cool. That's the way I can get Matt to jizz on my couch. Oh Matt, we have ribs and Mario Kart. <laughs> Make sure you wear a bib. Make sure you wear a bib. <laughs> I don't know. Dre, Kyle, one of you guys go now. Alright, well, what pisses me off the most is um the realization that I'm not young anymore and I'm getting older. Um uh, me and the other half recently went to walk around uh the town of Westfield. They were doing some like Adams Fest, because the creator of the Adams family is from Westfield, and the house that he based it off is there, and we found the house, we walked around. But man, I'm fat and old, my knees are killing me, my body sucks. I'm just kind of upset. I'm like walking around this town thinking, thank God I don't go to shows in New York anymore, what the fuck is wrong with me? It's all about being young. It's all about being young at heart, Kyle. And that's I'm not young at heart. Fucking damn kids get off my lawn. Andre, to finish it up, what Um, is pissing you off this week? Short, sweet, to the point. 40's empty. That's it. We did it. We did the episode and my 40's empty. And I'm like, oh, that was a fun trip. But it's empty. It's a fun trip that I never, ever, ever want to do again. (laughs) Oh, no, it's a fun trip I'm probably going to repeat on November 3rd. And November 4th, God, whoever has me as their technician for the morning meetings on November 4th, bless your soul, because I'm either going to be late or hungover. Hmm. God bless America. Guys, we actually have some fan questions to answer. So I'd like to apologize right off the bat because we're all a little on the just past tipsy point. But we're gonna, but we are gonna do our best to knock out these questions. Well, first and foremost, we actually want to thank I'm a little inebriated. Send us a question. You guys are awesome. Our first question comes from Another awesome podcast. Please go give them a listen. The Away Fixture Podcast. Thank you again, guys, for your question. Those guys are awesome. Their question was, Columbus had a very good start after the MLS's back tournament, but they've seemed to have kind of leveled out a little bit, haven't had the greatest performances. How do you guys see Columbus finishing out the rest of the year, possibly going into the MLS Cup playoffs. Kyle, from the beginning, you have been a huge supporter of Columbus, so I'm going to have you go first. So we see that uh, Philly and Toronto are tied at, I believe, 42 points, and Columbus is right in third at, I believe, 35. Can somebody fact check me there? It's, It's 41 and 35. 41 and 35. I was... 
I was pretty damn close, considering I just drank an entire steel reserve. So, I don't see Philly and Toronto slipping at this point, considering they both have three games left against pretty easy opponents. Columbus, however, does play Philly, and if they can manage to pull it out and beat Philly, then they could manage to at least capture Toronto's spot. But I do see Columbus, while it's going to be hard for them to capture the shield, they, I think they will make a deep playoff run. Dre. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with Kyle. Um, they are unfortunately out of the, the big boy race, you know, the, the supporter shield race. But also remember they, that Columbus um, does have a game in hand. Definitely make the playoff. And I think they go, I think they win, they win the first two games and maybe make the Easter conference finals, but they don't win that. They don't, they don't make it past the conference finals. You have no but faith in the yellow football team. That, 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 that's, that's, that's a good spot to be in. I think everything comes down to the upcoming weeks where Philadelphia and Columbus are going to end up playing against each other. I think that game is going to determine the, the overall direction in which Columbus will go. I think the minimum is exactly what Dre said. I think Columbus are the second best team in the East currently at the moment. Even if they fizzled out, Zardes and Santos is still, the, in my opinion, the best one-two punch up front, and they're both in form, and there's nothing that you really can take away from it. I still wouldn't bet against Columbus, but you know, Philly currently right now is playing perfect. It's soccer. just going to be great soccer like, no matter what happens. I don't like to describe teams playing perfect because there's always something that's not right, but the Philadelphia Union at the moment are playing perfect soccer. So it's hard for me to bet against Philly coming out of the East, but if there was going to be any team that would stop them, in my opinion, it's Columbus. So the final fan question we have, we have from our Discord. Um, yes, which, by the way, guys, Dre's going to talk about it a little bit more, but get on the Discord. We want to hear from you guys. From Are links working Uncle. again? So from Drunk Uncle... Drunk Uncle, I um his exact name. I forgot his exact name. My apologies. But he's a part of the EPL Boys podcast. So that's another awesome podcast to go take a listen to. All English Premier League. But these guys are awesome dudes. They're actually going to be coming on an episode in the near future. So really excited to have them. Big Philadelphia Union fans. The question, guys, are the Philadelphia Union going to win the MLS Cup? And if not, why are you wrong? And I'm going to go first this time because I want to go first this time. LAFC have a guy named Carlos Vea, who if you blink four times, he can score three goals. And now that he's starting to come back. All I'm hearing is Bradley was going to run a cup. That's all I hear. Overall, I still think Philadelphia is 100% the team coming out of the East. I can't imagine there's any team... Like we just described, Columbus might be able to, but I like the issue with those Western Conference squads is they get hot and they get hot at the right time. And I, I like I said, I, I think Philadelphia Union, as it sits, are the favorite for the MLS Cup. But overall, you know, with the way the playoff structure is, you just getting hot at the right time. Who knows, Kyle? I agree. In current form. I think that Philly could beat everyone 
maybe not LAFC. LAFC would have the best chance against them. The way Seattle and Portland have been playing, let's face it, there would be like a 107th minute goal or some shit. Sporting has their on and off moments, but LAFC, I think, has the best chance to beat Philly. I, I definitely look at Philly to go to the MLS Cup. I can't wait to see Portland and Philly Union MLS Cup final. I think that's going to be the game. And honestly, I'm not calling who wins it. Wow, you're just calling for the 98th minute fucking goal right now. I want to see that fucking game, and I hope for that to be the final. That's what I got to say. It would be a revenge game because the Portland Timbers are the ones who did knock out the Union. So... It's going down on yelling timber. God damn it, I hate you. All so right. guys, we are now at the point of the episode where we talk about our pick. That's right, we choose every MLS game, a winner, a loser, a draw. Kyle, how is everyone doing? Because, I, I don't know, am, am I moving on up or am I swinging on down? Well, Matt, you're swinging on down. Today's... uh team sees Alex on top of both weekly and uh, overall picks. What up, uh, bitches? Yo, who the fuck let Alex, Alex? number one? Alex? Right? Yep. What up? Bruh. Um, so. He's, all he does is vote for the yellow submarine. Team. No, I got and, this. And it's doing justice. I got this thing going on yellow where I have, like, a couple good weeks followed by a massively shit week, and then I don't catch any ground, and I stay in last place. Fuck me, right? So this week we have Alex at eight points, myself and Matthew tied at seven points, and Dre at four points because he sucks dicks for fun. So many dicks for fun. Oh my yeah, god! Dre, yo, yo, Dre had a shit week this week. And then overall, that puts What's us the overall. What's that the puts overall? us overall at Alex with one hundred and eight points, Dre with one hundred and six points. Dre, you got gun. Dot. You got done. You're done. I'm still. I'm in second. Eating bag of dicks. <laughs> Matt with 105 yeah. points, and me in last, holding up the rear, much like I do all the time. Kyle Dre, in the back, spreading. Dre, I'm so Dre, Dre. I was about to say, Dre, I'm so close behind you. I could just smell your aftershave. I bet you his uh, asshole tastes like shit. My ass. Well, I was about to say, I could probably smell your ass because you don't use a tushy. Whoa! But I, but I wash my ass. So, speaking of washing your ass. Look to the Patreon for a bunch of uh, Coheed-related tushy uh, episode names. (laughs) Before Alex talks about the Patreon, Dre, where can they find us on social media? As well, where can they listen to us for not only past episodes, but our future episodes? At this point, pretty much everywhere. Your local carrier pigeon should have us. You call up your USPS guy, he should be able to deliver a package. The Pony but Express. In addition, to those, in addition to those very traditional methods, we also are able to be found on Instagram, on Facebook, Facebook, on the Tweety Bird, on the YouTubes, and the Discord, where we are right now. So you can find us on all of those social media outlets at Post and Pint Podcast. On top of that, Wherever you get your podcast, I'm talking Google, I'm talking Amazon, I'm talking Apple Podcasts, I'm talking iHeartRadio and Spotify. Yes, all of those, we are available. 
click that subscribe button and bro, give us a five star review. I'm Thank more confused by your shit Italian than I am the fact that Roma tied with AC Milan. <laughs> Is it the Facebooki? Friendly reminder, if you, ever, if you ever want a good phone call, apparently you can call Colt 45's uh, customer question hotline. <laughs> I think Are you, you reading the bottle also? Also, yeah, if you're pregnant, if you're pregnant, please don't. <laughs> what are you going to tell their customer service line? I got through this whole bottle and now I feel like I'm going to die. Excuse me. I'm going to like, I'm getting, I just got through this whole bottle and I, 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 it's difficult, bro. See, but now I have this empty bottle that's a weapon, and Alex, Alex, Kyle has an empty bottle that's like a boop on your head, you know? <laughs> boop! You know what? It doesn't matter. Two more ounces. Yeah, that means he's, that means <laughs> he's two more it. ounces of, yes, I'd say, he's two more ounces of intoxicated than you are. Also Alex, true. come on, Alex, I want to go home. Please just let, let me go, go home. home. Well, let's go home. Because I am tired. Everyone, what are you doing? Go follow us on Patreon. Go check us out. If you don't know what Patreon is, hit up the Googles. Hit up the Bings. Hit up whatever fucking browser you're using and come find us. Please give us your money. Come see our videos. Come see Kyle's titties. My titties cost money. It's a fun time. It's a fun time, guys. Also, on a side note, we're going to be releasing merch very, very soon. Why is that important to you? Because if you're a Patreon member, you're going to be getting a discount on that merch. Yes, that's right. Not only are you going to be able to get first opportunity you mean a hefty at it, discount. you guys are going to basically get the product at cost. You mean I can get a t shirt that says I suck dick with a bib for cheaper? Yes, that is true. <laughs> I mean, now. after this week, you can. Let me tell you. <laughs> So definitely something you guys are going to want to be a part of as well. These videos are worth gold. Trust me, because you only get to hear the hour or so we actually talk. The in-between is where the magic happens. So please give us your The in-between is always where the magic happens. I need to go to bed. All right, guys. I'm pretty sure everyone here on this podcast is about as well intoxicated as I think we've all been. I don't think we've all been intoxicated on the same episode. Like we've all been good. Yeah. But I don't think we've been 40 ounces of malt. I'm pretty sure it's been all of us in some random order. And then Alex, I mean, he's the only one that downs a bottle of James. Yeah, no, I'm good. This is a pretty normal Monday night for me. So guys, we are 40 ounces deep. We are 40 episodes deep i really don't see us stopping anytime soon we have about a couple weeks of mls action left we have a supporter shield race that is very tight guys there is a lot of mls fun left actually funny enough i think over our next like four or five episodes we have a guest every single episode so that's actually going to be really really awesome a couple great interviews. You're done it. You're going to want to be a part of this. Uh, a lot of good friends coming on, so we're really happy about it. But for Kyle, Dre, and Alex, my name is Matt. Guys, it's always been a pleasure, and it is a pleasure. Have a great night. Please be safe. Next week there will be more post and pints. Next week there will be more MLS. 
make sure to stick around. Make sure to give us a listen, a like, a follow on all social medias. Uh, we have a, apparently a specific song that's playing us out tonight, so that's going to start right now. Have a great night, everybody. Bye. I'm still not confident. I am drunk. I am the marijuana burn we can take our turn singing them dirty rap songs stop and hit the ball like cheech and chong this hell takes from here to home